Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'd still come to dinner with you. Uh, and I'm joined this week by my friend, companion, colleague, co-host, and maybe the fever's getting to me because I'm a little bit delirious. Uh, the man that I would say is probably has been hot in Cleveland before. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? Yeah, I've been there twice, actually, and both in the dead of winter, like a fool. So <laughs> so maybe not hot, maybe just cold. <clears throat> oh, it was cold. It was cold. Uh, the wind blowing in Cleveland chilled me to the bone, and I don't know that I've ever fully recovered. So that's very fair. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, with us two here, we'll have a full house going tonight um, with this recording session. And I, yeah, I, I so. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that uh, last shoehorned in uh, statement. Let's talk about what we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, kind of a somber uh, episode. Yeah, it's a little bit of a somber episode. I was trying to get some witty retorts in at the beginning because from this point on, it's probably not going to be, it's going to be a kind of a more of a downer. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate your bedside manner. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think today uh, what we're going to be talking about is um, kind of little bit of a tribute a little bit of a response to some unfortunate and recent uh departures from uh very influential actors in our in, in our world um that have all very sadly had you know passed away um pretty recently and so just wanted to i thought i talked to jesse because when we first heard about the first one we'll talk about um, I was like, man, it was pretty shocking to me because I remember them from a lot of things. And then the next two that we're going to be talking about after that also happened pretty recently. And it just kind of was just real sad to see uh, these cultural icons um, leave us. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit a little bit more of a somber downer kind of mood tonight. But I think it's it's good to do these types of things. Yeah, I mean. It sucks, but gotta gotta pay tribute to those who paved the road for others and made significant contributions. So, is what it is, right? Yeah, unfortunately, so. Um, so, I think we'll start uh, kind of just going right into it. Um, the one that I said that when I heard this happened, I was like, "Oh, I really want to do this because I vividly remember several of the movies." Um, vividly remember some of the movies that I remember they were in, as well as some that they directed. You ready to start, Jesse? Yes, let's let's get into the remembrance and hope people don't get too depressed that they stop listening. So yeah, uh, so <laughs> the first one we're going to be talking about is going to be um, Sydney, and I struggle with the name because that's who I am. Uh, Sydney uh, Poitier, 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 Poitier. See, I even listened to videos telling me how to say it and I still got it wrong. Um, I, I can say it like the YouTube video if you would like. <laughs> Poitier. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so um, he recently passed uh, earlier uh, this month on January uh, 6th um, in his home at the age of 94. 
Um, and it looks like it was, um, no, I don't think it was sudden, but it was kind of, um, I, I think, I feel like it was a shock to me, um, that when I heard it, cause again, I re vividly remember, uh, several of his movies and just kind of want to talk about some of those, uh, moments, um, and just kind of some of my memories and talk and just kind of point out like what a great actor he was and even the groundbreaking, um, strides that he pushed through, uh, with his career, his, the awards he won, his uh, legacy and things along those lines. So, so I think I want to talk about the first movie I remember seeing him in. Uh, it was on Turner classic movies. Um, and if you have listened previously, you know, if it's on Turner classic movies, it's mostly probably because my mother was watching it and I was around and saw it and was interested. And she told me about it. So, <laughs> The very first movie was um, To Sir, uh, To Sir with Love. And I remember my mother telling me about how she remembers watching it when she was younger uh, and kind of just the whole story being so enthralling, his voice, his mannerisms, his acting. Um, I just remember being absolutely captivated by him um, and was just like so impressed by his entire demeanor in the role that I like remember sitting down and being completely fixed on watching the entire thing all the way through wanting to be there and seeing it with her uh, opposed to other times. Sometimes maybe I was just happy just not be doing chores and was like, yeah, sure. Mom, I'll watch this movie with you and be entertained while I don't have to do other things. Yeah. That's cool. I like how this works out. Um, yeah. Right. And to sir with love, I just thought was so, so captivating you know i think it was the first time i've ever seen a movie that was the you know influential teacher uh i don't want to say trope because it actually does happen in real life i know and some of these are based those types of stories are based on true events but um it was it's the first time i ever remember seeing something like that this one person taking these kind of ruffian kids and turning their life around or teaching them you know that they can do more than what they've been told they were going to do all their life and them actually embracing it and them you know achieving greater and better things i think that might be in part that i was so taken with the story because i both of my parents were teachers are teachers and knowing the struggles and frustrations that come from that it's interesting seeing that a classroom setting like that where truly no, the the youth don't want to be there more than anything else. And the teacher is trying to make them appreciate what they the opportunities they have out before them. Yeah, that's the just wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about that in the respects of, I think one of the one of the best movies I've ever seen that have done something like that and truly makes me appreciate raw acting talent like he had. Yeah, man. It's pretty astounding, really, because he already has, like, in terms of his most famous works, he already has a pretty body of work that showcases his talent. But then he has, like, so many others like this <laughs> as a good example, because I hadn't heard of this until now. But so many where he offers commentary and perspective on race 
relations and social issues as a black man during a time where, you know, we're talking about the civil rights movement. So it's just crazy to me that he did so many movies like this during a time when there were probably a lot of people who, or let's just call it what it is. There were a lot of people who most definitely did not want to see a black man doing movies like that. Well, I mean, it speaks to the fact that he was the, um, the first black actor to win the Academy Award for Best Actor yeah. um, in 1963. So, yeah, it's his entire performances between this. Um, I think about... Um, that was Lilies of the Field, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, Lily, uh, yeah, Lilies of the Field. Yeah. Um, and then his other role uh, in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, uh -huh. It's a very big topic issue of you know that entire race relation between um you know, back then which was unfortunately still and from my understanding is unfortunately still a thing that happens today where people still feel that people from different races should not mix um, which irritates me even to say it as a thing and think about that people still feel that way but i feel like it's such a groundbreaking movie to take a stand in and show these different stories that need to be told and um, yeah putting them very much at the forefront of american cinema which mm -hmm. is quite the remarkable achievement given the times yeah and then um i do want to talk about another one he was in that i also found i think and correct me if i'm wrong jesse but i feel like we watched this in high school was his uh, role in the movie uh, adaptation of the play A Raisin in the Sun. Um, I uh, feel like I watched that in a classroom and I feel like that was in an English class or it might have been in a theater class, which is also fair. Yeah, it's possible. Um, that one doesn't stand out to me. It's something I watched then, so it, it might have been a different class than the one I was in, but I fair, right? I mean, you took like AP classes, so you guys were like reading a book a week. I was in just normal English classes. I wasn't going to point that out. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ashamed of it. I can barely pronounce people's names, man. Like, I... <laughs> oh, my my pronunciations are atrocious for an English major. So I'm, I'll kill you. <clears throat> but um, I feel like I, I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, that version of Raisin in the Sun? I have not actually. Oh, I, I gosh, I do want to feel. I want to say it was Mr. Parentis's class that I saw it in, because I feel like we had to, like a writing assignment where we had to write afterwards. Like, because so, I, mm -hmm. do you know the story of a raisin in the sun, Jesse? Kind of. Like, I think okay. I read. I think I actually read the playwright once, uh, mm -hmm. or the the novella for the play once, but uh, I don't know that I've ever seen it live or uh, ad adapted or anything there um so essentially it's uh just a quick rundown of it is a a family uh that lives together in a small apartment um with uh, a grandmother a father um a or sorry the, the grandmother yes yeah, the father who is uh walter who is who sydney played uh one of the, the main driving characters in this um, they essentially um, 
come into some money because of the uh, grandfather's life insurance policy. And so there's a bunch of stories kind of going on here uh, between um, the father, the editing Michael here, jumping in real quick, just to uh, clarify in the synopsis, I said that Walter had a gambling problem. Um, he does not in fact have a gambling problem. He does have a drinking problem later in the play and he does gamble on an investment for a liquor store which is where I probably got the two mixed up. The the wife um, potentially have a baby on the way. Uh, there's a sister that's also living in the, uh, living with them who's trying to decide who she wants to be in a relationship with, a rich uh, young black man or a black man who's more in tune with his heritage. And so they kind of have this whole thing where, and then, oh, there's also a young son there. Um, that's the son of Walter. And they're kind of figuring out what they're going to be doing with this money. Um, the grandmother wants to uh, use it to buy a house. Um, they essentially get told by the realtor that they don't want them to move in because the community is a white community um, without actually doesn't directly say it, but the implications are there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of just it's a whole conversation about what it was, you know, what it was like to be um, these people at this time in our American history. So uh, I do highly recommend it if you want to see. I think it's one of the best play to movie adaptations I've ever seen. Um, probably because uh, Sydney does such a great job and has that very strong characteristic in his acting style. Um, but I do highly recommend if you haven't seen it, I do recommend taking a look at it. It's a very strong piece. It's very well written in both from the adaptation perspective as well as just a simply a standalone movie piece as well so um but that one i remember watching in class and still being completely blown away by him and i even I, I even remember saying i was like oh this is the guy that's in that um that british uh school movie and i think my teacher like looked at <laughs> i looked at me and was just like what and i was like the one where he's a teacher that's what's his face and he goes oh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's the same person. This is before that. And I was like, well, I figured it's in black and white, being a snotty teenager. So, um, <laughs> but like, right. that's the type of impact. It just I remember watching so many of his movies, and then even um, going back and seeing some of his directing uh, credits, which some of them aren't super great, but I give him merit for you know doing them um uh le less le less notable ones uh which was his last directing Dave, uh directing credit was uh ghost dad um oh. which is not good at all <laughs> but i feel like that's a script and premise problem than a directing problem <laughs> right right but yeah, yeah. Dude, he just had such a presence to him especially for the time as we've discussed and I always admired the, the fact that he was willing to do these movies in the first place. I think it took a lot of courage um, to be able to stand in front of an audience that may not have wanted to see him uh, that prominently um, and be willing to put himself out there you know and tell those types of stories i think also the fact that a lot of his movies are in black and white um makes this even more notable since 
there are a lot of angry white people in these movies. That <laughs> um, just makes them stand out all the more. Like uh, one that I definitely remember, and I, I think you and I are similar in the fact that we were exposed to a lot of classic cinema directly through our mothers who just had them on while we were around. And it was better than doing chores or anything else um, was a patch of blue. Um, and that was where he's the educated black man who befriends, you know, an illiterate white girl. And there's all the problems with the girl's family, but also with society that uh, try and divide these two, despite the fact that they kindle a pretty natural friendship and have affection for one another and want to see, and he really wants to see her life improve and help get her out of a bad situation. And I just always thought it was a, even at the time, I maybe didn't understand the full significance of what I was watching, but just having a hard time understanding why society was so against these two trying to better their lives and why they cared that this man, this black man, uh, wanted to befriend this girl who clearly could use a friend and needed some some help in her life. So I, you know, looking back on that, I, I think it was pretty profound. And just that last shot where he goes to give her something that she gave to him, I think, and then she's already she's already gone. And he makes that kind of silent, somber walk back upstairs to his apartment by himself. And then it just then it just ends. And uh, uh, it's it's kind of embedded into my memory ever since I saw that. And it's probably the first movie I think about whenever I hear his name. It's just the whole indoctrination episode we did a while back. Uh, it's very important to introduce these these uh, these this, this filmography to your future kids so they can later go on and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time my parent forced me or encouraged me to watch this thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm grateful for that for my mother. There are some movies I've watched with her from, you know, pre-1970 that I did not enjoy as much. But for the most part, uh, I think she always did a good job of introducing me to uh, fairly prolific actors and actresses and things that I probably would not have found otherwise. And that introduced me to him. So, yeah. So uh, with talking about Sydney, I thought this was a really nice kind of theme that we had going here with kind of the barriers that he was breaking down in the acting world, pushing for um, these wonderful performances and kind of thought it was a nice little theme with this past Monday when we're recording this. Um, that uh, we recently passed um, Martin Luther King uh, Day, uh, you know, him being um, his death, a.k.a. his assassination murder, because I, it irritates me when people just say his death, because it, I feel it takes away from what actually happened in the situation that was around that. So um, but that whole push for the civil rights movement and the time frame that this actor was in um, just kind of showcases you that this guy, he was alive and doing 
movies um, during the same time frame. So it's kind of crazy to think that these moments in history were not actually that far away from where we currently are. And I think I really hit me when I was thinking about that when we talk about the next actor, Betty White, uh, who recently passed, unfortunately, at 99 years old, young, 99 years young. Um, 99 years young. Yeah. Uh, just a few days, a uh, few weeks um, before her 100th birthday, because um, she did it just to spite Lego. Um, <laughs> you almost but, made it, man. It's so close. Yeah. But that wasn't, that was when it kind of just made me another realization I had when I was uh, listening to a YouTuber talking about some news that was coming up and they discussed the fact that um, they showed a video of Betty White on screen in color uh, the same, I think it was the same year and month that um, Martin Luther King gave his speech, um, the I Have a Dream speech, and the fact that I feel like people we we forget how close these events are to us now because so many of the photos and videos that we have of Martin Luther King or what is remembered the most are a lot of black and white photos, which makes people feel something so much older than it actually is. Like we kind of talked about it with the uh, Alfred Hitchcock epi uh, episode where we discussed the fact that Psycho is actually much more recent than people feel it is because it was shot in black and white. They feel it's much older than it actually is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk about uh, America's grandma, <laughs> uh, Betty White, and just um, what an icon she is. Yeah, man. I, you know, I was not super familiar again with her filmography, um, although I, I did see some of her work. But she was such a such a prominent figure in popular culture and was just such an affable lovely sarcastic woman that i think you couldn't help but be drawn to her and find that she just helped add some light and some levity to your life regardless of you know how much you followed her career and that goes without even you know all the activism and all the all the good she did for her community and for the world and stuff so big fan yeah i think um the fact that uh she was not just uh known for her you know roles that she did in um, Golden Girls, but then also continue to do work well into, uh, you know, 2019 um, uh, with different uh, voice acting work uh, with actual like on screen appearances um, just shows you kind of the capability of a passionate person when I think she started back in like 19 uh, 1950s. Uh, 1955, I think, is some of her earliest work, um, mm -hmm. at least her earliest as a on a running TV series. Um, but, you know, you're talking about a person that five uh, premiere uh, premiere time Emmy Awards, uh, two daytime Emmy Awards, um, 
you know, he's in the Television Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. You know, just all these wonderful things that she was able to do. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, I was looking them up and doing research you know, on Wikipedia. And uh, I, interestingly enough, both Cindy and Betty have pictures of them with uh, President Obama. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, she's just was an amazing human being, I think, all over. Uh, I remember seeing her in what was it uh the proposal i think it was yeah uh, <laughs> um where maybe her depiction isn't super um uh maybe not super uh pc um but she's so delightful in that i just ignore a lot of the other parts of that movie that aren't really great but um i so. think she's just so wonderful and what i remember we watch or seeing golden girls uh being homesick from school as a young kid um and depending on the level of severity of my illness not being able to change the tv and so therefore it would just play and it was kind of weird and odd and funny and just kind of made me go like oh these are such nice old ladies um they're so sweet and then i also remember her in lake placid because that was a weird one <laughs> yeah she's she had a really interesting career in terms of what she was in. <laughs> I definitely remember seeing the proposal in the theater. I believe I was on date. Um, and what was best about that movie, I'll, I, I do enjoy the movie, but um, not, I think, my favorite romantic comedy ever. But uh, the best part about that is it spawned a for the rest of her life, a friendship with Ryan Reynolds and just watching those two interact with each other on <laughs> social media and trade witty, sarcastic barbs back and forth was the celebrity friendship. I never knew that I needed in my life, but so good. Yeah. And, um, I, so kind of, and also wanted to point out, uh, I'm surprised Jesse not bringing up the fact that uh, she did appear on a episode of WWE Raw uh, as herself. She sure did. I <laughs> believe that was the era when they were having, I think, guest general managers or guest hosts on Raw. <laughs> and that was the period where I was really struggling to tune in every week. <laughs> Some of it was pretty rough. So I, I don't remember her being on the show. I'm sure she was great. I'm sure it was one of the more watchable episodes of the time. Um, but I, she was just so well-rounded. And I think nothing, nothing was too daunting for her. She I, struck me as someone who was very comfortable in her own skin and didn't have any problem. Uh, getting out of her comfort zone or at least what people might have expected her to do career-wise and in terms of you know just trying to entertain people in all walks of life yeah and i i saw a story too um that kind of touches on what you're talking about um where she was hosting her show um the 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 betty white show and um she brought on a black 
dancer and they no sorry it was the that was not it it was the life of elizabeth i think it was the life of elizabeth um i'm not mixing up my shows because i have too much information because i did a bunch of studying on her um but she brought on a a young black man to dance on the show and everyone was really mad about it and they said that she okay. couldn't do it and she said i'm in charge of the show and still did it they were not happy about it and she got in a lot of trouble for it but still helped, stuck to her guns on bringing this person on to do what they did and to showcase their amazing talent so um it's just kind of an interesting situation that she consistently pushed to be able to bring people's forward and show you know the good that's in the world <laughs> like a good grandma should yeah man she did a lot of great things uh she in terms of fighting you know racial social injustice uh, i think she was a big supporter of animal rights animal uh, welfare um and she also i think was a big ally of lgbtq uh, and uh, just telling people, you know, it's fine, you know, if gay people want to get married. I don't understand how people can get so anti something. Mind your own business, take care of your affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. And that's, I think, pretty good advice we all can live by. Yeah. I, I, I looked it up, too, and on the guest host episode she did of Raw, she pissed off Vince McMahon because she didn't follow all the directions she was given. So Yeah. <laughs> she's she's okay in my book. Perfect. And then, sorry, I, so I, and I looked it up, too, just to make confirm. So it was on the Betty White Show in 1954, um, and uh, she was criticized by in southern states for having... Um, Arthur Duncan, a uh -huh. uh, black tam dancer, come on and do a performance. So, um, what a what a gal! Yeah. So, uh, too bad that she didn't make it to one hundred. I, you know, it's a big milestone, but I don't think you can argue that she nor uh, Sydney Poitier didn't get to live a full and you know successful life. So. Very true, and I feel like so we're we're sad, but yeah, we have that. To yeah, to. I mean, yeah, and impactful too. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's move on to our unfortunate third person because, like I said, a lot of these sometimes it really feels like these things come in threes. And uh, yeah, well, let's discuss um, the unfortunate passing of one uh, Bob Saget. Going from America's grandma to America's dad. Yeah. How dare, how dare they take them both from us so close <laughs> together? Exactly. Um, that's It's a good segue too, man, because I, I really do feel that way. Um, it's, always, it's always appropriate to feel grief or sadness at the passing of really anyone that you have a connection to, even a a celebrity or someone you admire or a fan of. Um, and the hope is that they do get to live that full and happy life. And that's, I think the most any of us can really hope for, but what really stings is when 
we lose people too soon. So while I was, you know, really sad to see Betty White and Sidney Poitier and last year, like an Ed Asner pass away, mm-hmm. they at least had that. But I mean, Bob Saget was 65. Um, Norm MacDonald, who passed last year, was 61, who I, I'm not sure if we ever talked about him on the show or not. Um, but, you know, that was another one. I think Michael K. Williams was 56. So it's just these ones, I think you leave you feeling more raw and emotional because you're just not you're not prepared to lose them yet. And it just kind of takes you unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I had I had no idea, like. <laughs> until you told me um i just didn't have any i didn't have a clue that it happened and it, it really did kind of blindside me a little bit yeah and it correct me for i feel like you i i think you re, i remember you talking about fuller house uh, fuller house full house when we were <laughs> sorry no i think fuller house was, was a show he was in as well <laughs> not, not uh, good no but <laughs> um but uh, Full House, I remember, I, I, have, I have a vague recollection that you talked about it when we were in high school. Um, I can't, I feel like that's right, but I can't remember fully. <laughs> you are remembering that correctly, my okay. friend. Um, Full House was really, I mean, everybody, I feel like, who grew up in our generation and even in, you know, previous generations, all everyone pretty much has that like one sitcom they were most frequently exposed to growing up when in their household. And in our household, that was definitely full house for uh, my sister and myself. Um, so I, I have some nostalgia for that. I've watched some episodes as an adult. Now it is definitely cheesy as all hell. And some episodes kind of hard to stomach, like, you know, how we feel about a lot of the, the cheesy shit we used to watch when we were kids. But um, I, I think looking back, I admire that show uh, at the same time, just because its premise presented us with, I think, a different take and a different perspective on what a family can be. And that you have a single dad, a, a widow, a widower, uh, raising his three daughters all by his lonesome. Um, and then, you know, that being a pretty notable thing too, that, you know, it's all girls and there aren't any sons. And then him sort of having to simultaneously be the patriarch and in ways the matriarch of his own family and kind of challenging some of those gender roles and those, uh, some of those stereotypes of, you know, what the mom and the dad is supposed to provide for their family and really just being who he is as a person and making sure that his girls have, you know, a full and happy and rather a, a ridiculously amusing life for, for, a for a group of girls in San Francisco. But, um, so I was, I appreciate that about that show. I think, I just assumed that's how he was um, because I saw him a lot in that show. I saw him a lot on America's Funniest Home Videos, which we can talk about more if you yeah. like. But uh, 
so he was like America's dad. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's Bob Saget. He's just, he's jovial. He's always smiling. He's, he's family friendly. You know, that's, that's who he is. And then I remember seeing him in Entourage <laughs> when I was a little older and hearing him drop the F-bomb pretty much every other word and talk about all the women he slept with and asking Vince and, you know, about the girls he slept with and admiring, you know, uh, him being such a Casanova of women and just being like, oh, my God, I, I think Bob Saget's just a pretty good actor <laughs> because <laughs> that is completely contrary to what I remember him from Full House or remember him as in Full House. So I, I think he had a lot of range. I think he was also a guy who adapted well to the times and always found a way to entertain his audience, even if it sometimes veered into more vulgar, vulgar or adult oriented <laughs> territory. Yeah. And to be clear, um, I remember, so I'm happy that I remember that correctly. Cause I remember texting you and like, I was like, Oh no, Bob Saget died. And she's like, and Lindsay was just like, she's like, Oh yeah, that's sad. And I was like, ah, I, I just told Jesse and she's like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> I, I like, I know he really liked full house. So I, I feel yeah. really bad. Cause I, I, cause I realized I was the, I, I realized I was the one that told you and I felt terrible. <laughs> about it because i was like oh i don't think he knew oh i'm the one that broke that news well that's unfortunate it's a heavy burden man it's, yeah you carried it well uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I have a lot of nostalgia for that show still and definitely you know i think going back that will be a bit somber to revisit because i think it is still kind of raw that you know he he passed you know i think before any of us were ready for him to so yeah i think and uh to your point too i wanted to say i do i do really appreciate i his range um yeah his uh, uh i know he did like some uh, stand-up i guess also too um some i guess really, i don't know how to some really raunchy stand-up man yeah yeah um <laughs> But I remember us watching Entourage, and I feel like it was either at your house in high school, no, college. I can't remember. But oh. I remember somebody pointing out, "Is like, hey, that's Bob. Uh, hey, that's Bob Saget." I didn't know, like. I want to say it was yeah. Marcus that did it, um, and you're just like, yeah. We were just like so blown away by how his, his entire mannerism and everything else like that was just yeah. wildly different. Oh yeah, it, I love too that he's his first episode he gives the guys a, a gift basket for moving into the neighborhood and part of it is like a dvd of the first season of full house so <laughs> he's promoting his own fucking show <laughs> which is great but no he, he did have some good range because he can do that and then when he's in full house he very much embraces the like you know kind of dorky you know dad type role too so yeah he, he was good I, I i was impressed by what he was able to accomplish and uh and being willing to take on a role like that because not there's a lot of leading men i at the time who probably would not have taken that role and been presented in that way yeah 
felt like they were comfortable in it. And then also one more thing I know, um, he was also the voice of, uh, of, a adult Ted Mosby, uh, in yeah. how I met your mother. Uh -huh. Um, so, which is, you know, another nice, uh, just solid memory of him doing that narration and all those things. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it will be fun explaining to our kids who, I mean, you two will have been around for a long time at that point. So who knows <laughs> what the next, you know, big trendy internet thing will be, but, uh, you know that yeah we didn't used to have that we just we all gathered together in front of the tv to watch this show hosted by bob saget and <laughs> that was basically our access to youtube for the week yep <laughs> yeah we couldn't just go on and google mm -hmm. uh, funny nut shots we had to wait and watch some guy vamp and talk to the audience and then show us funny nut shots mm -hmm. and just crack corny jokes about it and then <laughs> go on to the next one yep that's yeah. Uh, yeah it's a bummer man um and i think especially i because i think he and norm mcdonald were friends i would have to double check that but i think to lose them both it's mm -hmm. just i mean that's just kind of weird to me but it's that's how it goes sometimes you know yeah well, um, I mean, that's really, really it. I think we were going to talk about, um, like I said, I, I'm okay with keeping it shorter, uh, just cause this topic is incredibly depressing. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, for, I mean, understandable good reasons. Um, yeah, it's, we've done this more often than I would have preferred on a show. We haven't been doing, I think for even a full year yet. So yeah hopefully less frequent in 2022 yes we can cross our fingers and hope yep. <sighs> all right well on that uh somber note i think we'll wrap it up here um, yeah I, I i think we've bummed everyone out more than enough for this week yeah so, on to well, next week on to next week which um we'll We'll, we'll be a more lighthearted topic, like we'll kind of return to our status quo as it would be. Um, but uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, and we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, depending on how much uh, doing that uh, weekend. Um, and hey, if we got something wrong or if you have a story you'd like to share with us about one of the uh, actors that you remember from your youth because you didn't want to have to do chores. So you watched it with your parents. Um, we'd love to hear about it. It'd be interesting to see other types of stories like that. So uh, feel free to hit, email us at hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Again, let's hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also feel free to take a look at our Patreon and in the description of the episode. Um, and next week we're going to be talking about something vastly wildly different than this topic um and from a very different type of uh, entertainment we're going to be talking about mecca so thank you so much for listening and like always hey keep it real mm -hmm.